Hi, Dr. Dan Plus here on The Greg Bennett Show. And in 2024, we have a Endure IQ training camp held in Tucson, 18th to the 23rd of April. If you're interested, do check it out via the Endure IQ website. And yeah, let's get into the show. Welcome to The Greg Bennett Show. I'm your host, Greg Bennett, and this was an outstanding conversation with good mate of mine, Dr. Dan Plews. Dan's been on the show uh, several times, and it's been a good year, though, since we've had him on. And this past year, wow, he's gone out and absolutely crushed a couple of Ironmans, inclu- including Challenge Roth, where he went an 8.18, and then backed it up with a 7.56 at Ironman California. Absolutely outstanding performances, and we dissect those races a little bit, and we, we also have some strong opinions on different things in the sport. So if you love the sport of triathlon, endurance sports as a whole, you don't want to miss this episode. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. And remember, success comes to those who endure just one moment longer. Speaking of success, have you ever tried fast food? It's a high-performance fuel made from 100% real food. No more bloated feelings or crashes. With their unique optimal energy release system, you get consistent energy. Dive into their Galacto Gel, Galacto Gummy, or the Hydrator and taste the real difference. Give them a go and let me know what you think. You can write me on any of the social platforms. I'd love your feedback. You're out there training hard and racing, and I want to know how you feel on fast food. And remember, your mission is fast food's mission, so don't miss out. Well, today's guest, he's a regular on the show. He's one of the world's leading sports physiologists and coaches. And normally, we're either discussing his work on heart rate variability, heat acclimatization, low-carb fueling, or his athletes winning major events like the Olympic Games or the America's Cup or Kona Ironman world title. And sure, we'll, we'll touch on some of that today for sure. But the main reason I have this man back on the show is to celebrate his extraordinary performance at the Ironman California event where he smashed the eight-hour mark with a jaw-dropping seven-hour, 56 minutes. Unbelievable. Dominating the age group competition. And wow, (laughs) as he stirred up some conversations around the triathlon world. Oh man, it's been fun to watch. On top of all that, he's, he's the brain behind Enduro IQ where he turns science into just actionable training programs. And let's be honest, every time he speaks, the triathlon world perks up. So it's great to have him back on the show. He's one of my all-time favorites. So, mate, welcome. And thanks for joining me on The Greg Bennett Show. Once again, Dr. Dan Plews. How are you, mate? Yeah, really good. Thanks. Good to be, good to be back, Greg. It's been, it's been quite some time, actually. Yeah, it's, yeah, been, so it's been a good year. Been but nice. you've, it's been, been a good year, but you've been busy. You've been really yeah, busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been, a, it's been a good year. I mean, I think um, the year's been full of ups and downs, to be honest. Um, mm. But, uh, yeah, it's been, I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, you've you got to take the roof with the smooth, right? And it's been, um, been, it's been, it's been, I mean, I wouldn't turn, turn back any clocks or anything. Um, yeah, it's been a good year for sure. Yeah, mate. So, but you're back home now. You're in New Zealand, Auckland, New Zealand. You, you just got home from, from traveling. A, well, you went to Hawaii and then back to, to California and then you're finally back home. 
Yeah, so we were away for we were away for three weeks, and um, yeah, I took my I took my family with me actually, um, and we we had like a we only had like a weekend in Kona really, so we went there just just for the race pretty much. We got there on the Thursday, left on the Monday, mm. um, and then yeah, then they were in in California for a week before the race, um, had the race, and then the best part though was actually. The Tuesday after the race, we went to Disneyland, which was, <laughs> which was pretty special. Yeah, because yeah, how so old are your kids? That was, that was definitely a big highlight, and the, you know the kids the kids totally loved it. And, did they? And as did as did the parents. Yeah, always oh, worth bit, doing. Was I'm, it? I'm a bit of a Marvel superhero buff, so you know the Marvel area. Yeah. I was just like busy <laughs> oh that's awesome we did that we took our kids on a disney cruise and it was a marvel themed disney cruise i gotta i gotta tell you though the people watching on a marvel disney cruise the amount of adults maybe you're one of them dressed up in all the different action heroes <laughs> For me. No, i can't say i can't say i took a, a costume with me and got dressed <laughs> up but, uh, but there was a lot of it because and what because it was um, around Halloween, right? And you know, you, Australia, New Zealand, you know, yeah. Halloween's a thing, but it's not no. really a big thing. And like everybody was because it was around that time, <laughs> everybody was dressed up. It, it was so many people, you know, dressed up in some sort of costume oh. around the Halloween. And yeah. it's just so it's just so bizarre that it's such a major event. Like literally, all of Disney had a Halloween theme. It oh, was, it's huge! Yeah, yeah. Huge. It's I, I, I got to say, the Americans won't like me saying this, but. I said to Laura, I said, Halloween's probably my least favorite holiday. And she was like, well, no, no, it's all part of, you know, getting the dress up and everything. And I said, yeah, no, next year I think we'll go away during Halloween time. (laughs) (laughs) Talk about a Debbie Downer, right? I'm sorry, everybody. I'm the Grinch of Halloween. (laughs) But it's just not, uh, I mean, it's just not a thing. I have to say it's more celebrated here than it was, it is even in England. Like in England, it's less of a thing. No, I know. Oh, mate, no, it was like really good. Trip. It was a great finish to um, a good few weeks, and yeah, got back on got back on Monday, and uh, it's now Friday. So yeah, um, oh mate, I'm, I'm pleased for you because your kids are the same as mine, right? You got a, about a six and a four year old, right? Girl, yeah, six girl and a boy. Yeah. One of these yeah, days, yeah. we'll get them together and we can hang out. We'll, we'll do a Disney cruise or just do Disney or whatever, and let yeah, them run wild. <laughs> well, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go to Maine, aren't we? And see see Ed. So That's yeah. right. Ed, Ed has invited us up to to Maine. Ed, are you <laughs> listening, mate? We're all planning our planning our next summer vacations. Exactly. Um, yeah. And now we're mentioning it on the podcast. It has to. And, and now it has to happen. <laughs> Actually, let me pin this down in the notes so I can tell him to go listen to minute four of the podcast. And so we can, <laughs> we can, <laughs> well, mate, it is great to have you back on, and um, huge congrats for. What's well, really been a remarkable year, um, you know, what was what started off earlier in the year with a eight eighteen eight eighteen in Roth, um, and I didn't even think you. I think we'd spoken not long before that um, offline, you know, just and you'd had an Achilles injury and everything else. I don't even think you were going to race, and then you pulled out an all time you know performance of eight eighteen in Roth. That was amazing, mate. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it was. Um I mean, I was just happy to get to the start line of that one. To be honest, it yeah, was. Um, yeah. it, I, I don't know. I, th- I, th- I thought it wasn't going to happen. It was. It was really, really strange. In the, um, it just suddenly a week before it went from literally not being able to run six hundred meters to just suddenly going. Wow. And um, and you don't know why. Yeah. You don't know why because I think a lot of us have Achilles injuries. We'd love to know yeah. the why. <laughs> it was a, yeah, it was. Um, it was a paratendon issue. Oh. I actually ended up 
because I was so desperate, like Jan, because I was in Switzerland, Jan sorted me out. And Jan I van Berkel, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Jan van Berkel, yeah. And I got a higher hyaluric acid injection into the oh. into the sh- into the paratendon. And um, whether that were, I mean, I was so desperate and like I was talking to my mate Brad Beer about it and yeah. he's like, yeah, but it's, it's pretty, you know, it's probably not going to do much. There's not much evidence around it. But I was like, I was like, well, I'm going to try anything. So yeah. Yeah. whether that, whether that worked, but I mean, it, it didn't, it only came out like a week later. So whether it took a while to get effect or not, I'm not sure. But, um, but yeah, I, like I say, I, I started running. I, I did my first run back the Saturday before the race <laughs> on the Sunday. So a week before basically. Yeah. And how long and you then, had you had off before that? When you say first run? Nearly back? three weeks. It was nearly yeah. three oh, weeks. Oh, not too bad then. I mean, yeah. that's a lot, but it's not end of world. Yeah. yeah. There was near, there was, so I was, there was nearly three weeks of literally zero running as yeah, well. Yeah, like yeah. Not, 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 I couldn't take a step. You know, I tried yeah. a few times, but it, as anyone knows, you know, Achilles right. tendonitis, you can kind of run through, but yeah. with that, I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. And, um, but the main thing was, uh, because I was, I was still biking and swimming quite a lot. I was trying to, you know, I was trying to keep a hope. Mm. Um, I was quite fit and I, and the issue was when I started running again, the muscle soreness in my legs was just so bad. I ran mm. like an hour and a half and I took me, and that was on the Saturday and my, um, the week before the race and my, um, my legs were just so sore and it took me all week to kind of get rid of the muscle soreness. <laughs> oh, and great. Just, wow. Yeah, and I, I, I started the I started the race with a level of muscle soreness in in there and and inevitably the the swim went okay the I I just didn't I didn't the swim went okay the bike went okay um but then 15k to go on the run my legs just totally exploded oh brutal. Like the, my quads my quads were really really exploded and I ran through it but I've never experienced muscle soreness like that you know it was really literally i could not walk the next day (laughs) isn't it (laughs) interesting isn't it interesting like you 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 have your engine you know your heart and lungs are fit as all hell because you're swimming and biking and doing whatever else you can but that specific work for the chassis you know when you don't do that specific work and you're having to turn all those muscle fibers back on because they've gone to sleep for three weeks yeah they're like oh The specific, the specific conditioning yeah. is a real is a real thing to um to consider for, yeah. for that. But you were happy so, with it, right? I mean, uh, you did well. Yeah, yeah. I guess I, like, I, like I said, I said at the time, like I wasn't happy really because um I wasn't happy that I knew I had much more in me. You know, mm. I knew that I wasn't it wasn't good. You know, I knew that I wasn't happy with the yeah yeah I get it with with the, with the build up right. Yeah. I was like oh, but I was happy with. I was happy with what I did on the day because I knew, I knew that I couldn't do any more than that. That's basically what I had. And I think it was, it was a good performance considering, and mm. I was really happy with that. So, um, and that's, you know, that's inevitably what made me decide to do Ironman California. The, I mean, to give a bit of, to give a bit of background, like after 2018 in Kona, I kind of made the decision that I thought, you know, that's it for me. I don't, I don't think I want to really do any more racing. I think um, I'll just focus on, the business and, yeah, yeah. and you know and um and university stuff and my students and raising a family raising a family and yeah. you know all, all, all of the above and then um so i i haven't really raced i did one race in 2020 um i'm an um, 70.3 tap on i literally just did a, a little bit of training before it and i i did that race because my my dad was my dad was going to race too and you know he we we talked about my dad was like oh he wanted to do Ironman. Um, 
it was a year of um, when the world 70.3 champs was supposed to oh, be in New Zealand, yes, yes. right? 2021, so right? Or, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it was, so, so my dad had already qualified for that race. And obviously in New Zealand, my dad was like, oh, it'd be nice of you. We could just do that together. So I did that race just to get a slot because I thought oh, I may as well do that with my dad when he's there. But inevitably that never happened because of COVID and mm. the whole thing got cancelled. And, you know, that New, race is New now Zealand being... totally shut down to the entire world. <laughs> exactly, exactly, yeah. And so so that race is now, ne- it's the World Championships next year, right? Um, yeah. So, but apart from that, I've done, I've done no racing at all. And then when I turned 40 last year, yeah. you know, like, like, we, like we discussed, there's, I had this, um, this desire to, to actually kind of get a little bit more out and do a fast time because mm-hmm. I've never really done that. I'd done Taupo, I'd done Kona. They were the only Ironmans I've ever done in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and that's what I wanted. And I kind of said, you know, I think, I think I would regret not trying to do a fast Ironman time um, whilst I still can. And, you know, like I read this book called um, Die With Zero and it's all about like choosing when you want to do certain things in your life because you can. So, you know, if I want to go down a – one of my big goals in life or or things that I want to do on my bucket list is to go down, uh, do a Nile cruise, for example. I can do that when I'm 70, but mm-hmm. if I, if one of my, one of my, if I want to go and do a fast time in an Ironman, then, you know, it's now. You got it's now. Be, yeah. You got now. Be, <laughs> no. Yeah. It's going to be in five years time. So, no. so I talked to, talked to Kate about it, you know, and I said, you know, for one year we'll just do, um, you know, I'll do, I'll have a crack and I'll just, try and pick a fast course and mm-hmm. do um and do a fast time and roth w- was that course but it didn't really turn out that well mm-hmm. um so so yeah so i started off started off the year and i did um the ironman here in new zealand and like that was my first race my first ironman since 2018 oh how'd you go there i went 850 so mm-hmm. not very good <laughs> i still right. won it but if you look, i think you'd be you fine most people listening to this show be anything sub nine is phenomenal but i get where you're coming from you're yeah yeah i mean I've, I've done 835 on that course right so, right right as, as a comparison so yeah you know so you can imagine by this point thinking oh maybe i've lost it yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. i'm over the hill <laughs> you know maybe that's it so so then um so then i didn't then i did um the 70.3 race in Taupo in March and that went that went quite a lot better and I did I did a pretty quick time there. What'd you do? With that. What was um, what was it? I think I went four oh four. Four oh four. Which on that course is pretty that's that's pretty solid yeah, on that course. Yeah. If you break if you're getting close to four on that course you it's a good one, yeah, yeah. You're going pretty solid. And it's a I think the the runs closer to twenty two K than twenty one K as well. And those so, roads, um, the New Zealand roads, I can't imagine. Yeah, the New, <laughs> yeah, the New Zealand roads are not are not the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that that went better. Then and obviously then built up to um, you know doing Roth, and then yeah, and then Roth didn't go that well. And, and I'd always planned to kind of finish and stop after Roth, but you know I think. Ke- Kate could see that I wasn't really fulfilled. <laughs> He's still like, not going to be present at home if I did. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, you know, you should, yeah. you should think about, um, yeah. you know, you should consider, you know, what's three months in the grand scheme of things, you know, you should consider doing oh, a different race. Awesome. So, yeah. so I eyed up California and I eyed up I'm in Florida as the two options. Yeah. Um, and California had all the recipes for being a, fa- a very fast course. Yeah. Um, of course, the um, – I'm the first to admit that the downstream swim helped and 
you know, that was the, the main yeah. reason I went under eight hours, of yeah, course. Yeah, but you can only race the race because who knows if there'd have been a, say you'd done a 50-minute swim who, and, and the transitions weren't mega long because I know that one's got mega long transitions. And who's yeah. to say then you couldn't have found even a little bit more somewhere else? Like, I don't know. It's take, yeah, take it forward. You know, but I mean, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, um, I'm not kidding myself. I know no, that, no. that was I get a it. massive, I get, um, I get a it. massive, a massive part of it. Yeah. And also the, the run was, you know, the run was quite, uh, it was 20 it was 42 i recorded 42.6 yeah. um some of the athletes that i coached recorded a 42.7 and 42.8 yeah so um so it's a bit the run was a little bit long as well which you know that's a couple of minutes there for yeah, that. yeah 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 but anyway, but anyway it is what it is but yeah so um so it's like so i'm in california looked like it was the um the one to do and um i was praying for good conditions and we got not really that. It absolutely poured on the run. Like seriously, like you would not believe. Oh, the torrential, huh? Shit. Yeah, I didn't know that. Really, really crazy. Yeah. I've got a, I had a picture of me running and it looks like I'm running for a river. river. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah. And um, well, let, yeah. And then, that, so that let's do this. I want, cause I want to know more about Ironman California. I want to dissect that a little bit. Um, Ch- Challenge Roth, you know, you went an 818. It was a, you know, Magnus Ditlev went a 724 for perspective. Um, that was yes. insane. Patrick Lang, yeah, insane, Lang yeah. and this is, this is This is the thing is like, you know, people think, talk about Roth as a, as a fast course, which it is a fast course, but it's also, it's also 3K short on the bike and 1K short on the run. Right, you know? right. Yeah. So, so I mean, it, it's, yeah, it's not, yeah, it's not accurate. I mean, look, at the end of the day, when we talk records and times, you can just race the people and race the course at the end of the day. And, and triathlon, it's not about so much the times and the records as it is trying to just win the race and get the most out of yourself, right? Yeah, I mean, or, do, or do a fast – I mean, for me, it's to do a, yeah. do a fast time. It, it's like, you know, you know, there's there's quite a lot of stir around age group and, you know, the times and what's an age group. But for me, I do not give – two hoots about age group or whatever it is i mean and if you, you look for you me, you do it for you exactly and yeah. if you look at my social media and whatever i've said i've never once have i said age group record or said best age group time of all ever i've never said that myself other people have said that but i haven't said it because to me it's not it's not a thing it's not important to me all i wanted to do was a fast time for myself and no one else, yeah, you know, and um, well, you certainly did a fast time, and you certainly made the whole triathlon community perk up. Um, we'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll, get, we'll get into that in a little bit, whether you, whether you wanted to or not, it happened. Um, yeah. But you know, you you come on the back of an eight eighteen in Roth. Um, you have had the fastest age group time at Kona. Is it still the fastest? You're eight. 24? Yeah, it's still the fastest. Did Lucy Charles Barclay just beat your time by yeah, four seconds? seconds? Four seconds. <laughs> four seconds, yeah. There we go. I had Lucy on the show last week and she went an 824.31. So you did an 824.35? 34. So it's three seconds. Three seconds yeah. then. Well, there yeah. you go. You got, you yeah. got chicken. You know what, control. though? You know what, though? Like, that Lucy, Lucy ran on the left side of the road. I had to run on the right side of the road. So I had to run a little bit further up Polani and round hey, that. Hey, the more. scoreboard so. shows only one result, mate. <laughs> we don't want to hear it. Nobody listening wants to hear your no, excuses. <laughs> okay, that's fair. <laughs> Lu- Lucy's performance, oh, my goodness. Wasn't that something, though? It really yeah, it blew my mind. One for I, the ages. I, like literally jaw-dropping stuff. Jaw-dropping. Yeah, her her, her um, 70.3 win when she did that at St. George, I think was one of the most outstanding performances I've ever seen. Yeah. 
yeah. where she did the fastest swim, bike, and run there, by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. I remember. And then um, this Kona performance of an 8.24 in Kona, um, three seconds quicker than Dr. Dan Plews. So <laughs> No, no, it's amazing. We should have talked about it out on the episode. I think I missed that. Um, but anyway, <laughs> you know. I don't think I don't think she would have cared. No, <laughs> she'd go, she'd go, damn blues. Who's who's no. that? <laughs> she was she was quite funny though. I can't remember if we said it in the episode or after. I can never remember with these conversations. But she basically said, you know, I, I was running, thinking if I screw this up, I have to wait another two years. And we'll, we'll mm. talk about you know Kona versus Nice and everything. But she really wanted to win in Kona yeah. and, and that really put fuel in her belly. Um, so that was really cool. It was a fun conversation. Um, for anybody listening to this that hasn't listened to that one, go back and listen to Lucy. She was awesome. Um, but mate, let's fast forward. So you go, you go to Ironman California, Kate, your wife, who's just the most amazing person ever. I've never met her in person, but by the sound of the way, the way you talk about her and the way she backs you and empowers you, um, to be your best man and, and go about living your true life, I think is really cool. Um, so big shout out to Kate. But then you go to California. What was your sort of your, your final phase, your taper like? You had no injuries leading into that race? No, no I, had a, I, had a really bit, I had a really good running physically. The, I mean, the only – so I actually wasn't going to go to Kona to watch Chelsea's Of course, race, yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. So I wasn't originally going to go there. I'd gone there on a training camp with her in um, September and that training camp had gone like so well, like crazy well. Mm. And to the point of where I, I got home and I said, um, I said to Kate that um, she's going to win Conan. There's no doubt in my mind. Um, mm. I'm going to book a ticket because I don't want to miss out. So, so I booked the whole family to go to Kona as, as a result. Um, oh, that's a cheap, cheap little just stopover <laughs> on the way. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, um, but was, there was no choice in the in the matter because you know yeah. I just I just knew that I'd really regret it if I if I wasn't there. Yeah. Um, accommodation was sorted thankfully because Chelsea Chelsea had sorted that out. But okay, yeah. but yeah. So, so um, but then t- uh, two weeks out, like Chelsea started getting a bit of a knee niggle, which oh, inevitably man. was. Um, is what what caused her a bit of upset. I mean, I'm not making excuses for. for oh, it is what it is. Like yeah, it is it what is, it is. But, yeah. You know, she, she it did affect her cycling on race day, which is you know it's obvious from the result because that's not that's not her level of cycling. So you know, the result wasn't what we intended to go for. But the you know it was I think for everyone, me, Chelsea, Steve, her husband, um, that was quite a stressful two week period, and it was quite a stressful period in in Kona as well mm-hmm. um so that that side of it wasn't wasn't the most ideal but um but in hindsight I was so pleased I was I did I went there to, and was there for Chelsea during that period because I think it you know it really helped her she uh, had a so. great fight mate I'm gonna tell you I you know you could tell something wasn't right like you said yeah. the bike time that's not Chelsea but she still fought all the way up to a sixth place um and if you look at that top six it really is the most powerful women in the world that just yeah you know, exactly, exactly. There's, not one, there's not one person in front of her who's like oh yeah that's it you know <laughs> yeah. what, what are they doing in front of yeah, her yeah, they're yeah, all yeah. they're all amazing women who are just like you know the, the highest caliber of athletes so yeah, yeah you know you can't yeah and and I, and I was honestly I was so so proud of what she did on that day I think mm. like and I said to her after the race 
you know, she yeah, she won the year before, but what she did on race day that year was so much harder and so much more impressive physically, but more mentally, you know, it's easy to run well when you're at the front. You know? cool. And your body's feeling good and everything, yeah, no injuries not. and you, yeah, it feels yeah, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> when, when, when you imagine yeah. being the defending champion coming off the bike like yeah. 20 minutes down, everyone's looking at you, then you have to literally will yourself and pull yourself out of mm. that negative, you know, the negative spiral of mindset to pull yourself back into 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 a, a you know almost a podium position which you know yeah. considered top five podium in Ironman right so what, did, what, um, what was her run split in the end she ran um, two fifty three with a toilet stop okay <laughs> with a toilet stop. if only we yeah. could take those out yeah I know I know, <laughs> I know it's impressive running I mean and Annie hugs two forty eight the the women. Whew, it's getting fast, man. It's getting it's real fast. Really fast yeah. It's absolutely unbelievable. Um, I mean, a man running a man running a two forty eight would be probably would be running onto the podium, you know, uh, in the early two thousands. You know, on so. ten years ago, mate, 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. I, remember, I remember when yeah. Rennie went a two fifty or whatever, and she was the third fastest marathon of the day. Yeah, or was yeah. it third or fourth? Yeah, well, I remember when I ran a two fifty there. I was the fifth fastest marathon in the whole race. There you know? go. So, and you had to wrong, yeah. run on the wrong side of the road. And I had to run on the other. Yeah, well, everyone, everyone was doing it that day, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll bring that up throughout this talk. Yeah, gee whiz. Uh, <laughs> well, mate, tell, tell me a little bit more about let's, let's You know, you've gone to Kona then, um, supported Chelsea, and I'm in California is the following Saturday, Sunday. When what day were the week? Yeah, it's the following following Sunday. Okay, yeah, so you had so a couple we, of days to get over and, and get. Yeah, so we, we flew we flew out on the Monday, um, and then yeah, we got straight into it. I mean, I actually did a bit of a different build. I actually did a reasonably big session on the Tuesday, mm. um, just because I hadn't really done much over the weekend in Kona. You know, yeah. been, uh, So I did like um, you know a two hour ride, and then. It was more than certainly more than two hours with some intervals and a ten k runoff with, you know, starting quite fast, like starting at three twenties and going down to three fifties. Wow! Um, which is you know it's quite a lot yeah. on a Tuesday before a big a big Ironman, and then the next day I rode for nearly two and a half hours and did a swim. And um, so I had I had I did actually I purposely did a bigger two days because I feel like I felt I needed it. I almost felt I was too fresh too early, and um, because that's the art of tapering, right? Is that it's, you can do too much and you can do too little, and I and um, so you, I did a little. Are you looking at more. HRV and, and heart rate and everything to kind of, or are you just going off feel? Are you looking uh, at um, that was that was a bit of, that was mostly off, off feel. My HRV was was good. It was on point. I mean, it had it had dropped. Um, it had gone down during the Kona weekend. Yeah, it's quite stressful. <laughs> yeah, and also I think it was a lack of training. So I kind of that did give me an indication that I needed to do something to boost it up a little bit. Interesting. I always find that I respond to a little bit more volume, and you know, you want to with HRV, you want it to come down towards the race, and I was already quite normal, so I wanted it to be a little bit higher, which mm. I which I managed to. Bump Interesting. Up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so yeah, and then I um, yeah, and then I just went. Take, and then I went straight into the race. Really, it was my birthday on the so I turned forty one on the Friday. 
Okay. Yeah, so it's a nice yeah, little yeah. birthday gift to yourself. Go smash yourself an Iron Man. Yeah, yeah. So on the Friday, but funny enough, my birthday was so stressful because I had all these bike problems. <laughs> oh, and God. I was trying to get some things fitted and I couldn't get it done. No one would help me. And what uh, was up? What was up? Because I can't tell you. I've had these are the kind of thing the dreams are made, nightmares are made out, aren't they? You kind of ah what, what was Yeah, going it, on? it was it was it was I was trying to get a oversized pulley put on and just and no one no oh, one right. could yeah. everyone was kind of like too busy, couldn't fit it, and I ran from pillar to post trying to. But you know, it's just it's just one of those things that's like you're running around trying. Oh, to one of those big them. ceramic speed, or what, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now. Yeah, one of the big pullers. It's, I get it was just a little bit stressful. Yeah, no, I get yeah. it. I find the whole yeah. Iron Man thing. I didn't enjoy all of that stuff, having to get all yeah. my bags right, put all the right nutrition in. Dela. I'm like, one of the things I loved about Olympic distance, I just put you know. <laughs> Have one bottle yeah. on the bike, something with a bit of caffeine in it to get me really juiced up, and boom, go. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's, there's a lot to organise. There oh, really so is so much. Like, so much. So much to organise. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, and then but then thankfully the Saturday Saturday then was quite a smooth day and it was quite relaxing and um and if and then Friday morning I wasn't you know it wasn't really that um I wasn't I was I was a bit I was nervous but I wasn't massively nervous I was pretty relaxed about it. I'm, yeah. I'm always I'm always pretty chill before before most races, especially when I know that I'm I was kind of more looking forward to it than anything anything else. And yeah. it's a bit of a weird one because it's a the swim start is upstream, so you swim downstream, which is why the swim times were so fast. Mm. Um, and um, so you have to you have to get in, you know you get your stuff in transition. It's raining as we're in the stuff in transition as well, which oh, is God. like oh, yeah. all your all your all your foods getting wet and your, <laughs> everything. So it's like oh really? And literally, I kid you not, Greg. The whole time we were in California, we had the best weather every single day apart from the day of the race. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it ever rained in California. If only that must be. Just, but that poor Ironman California, it got cancelled. What was it? Two, yeah, two years it got ago. the first year, and yeah. the second year, I was talking to some of the people who did it the, the year before, and they said it was like just super, super windy on the bike. Ah, um, so yeah, Mate. So, uh, well, but then we, you must have been um, feeling quietly confident that you could pull out a pretty decent performance. Were you had the eight hour kind of crossed your mind? Were you, or was it just just go as hard as you can and see what happens? Yeah, eight hours had always crossed my mind. To be honest, yeah, yeah. that was always. I mean, I, I I didn't I didn't think it was going to happen when I saw the length of the transitions. To be honest, because I knew that was I knew that it was going to be really tight anyway. With yeah. it, if I could do what I needed to do, um, but and the length of the transition was like, oh, it's not probably going to happen. Um, but then obviously the swim. The, the the down current swim totally changed that one for me. Um, <laughs> it brought you back a little bit of time. <laughs> Thank you I, very I, I much. I never expected it to be quite as fast as that. I was when I got out and they said the time. I was like, oh, that's that's rather fast. Yes, yeah, but um, <laughs> <laughs> that was like, uh, did you ever do the New York Triathlon? Have you done that? And you swim no. down, you swim down the Hudson River, and right. I think it was Bob Babbitt or somebody. They timed a Cheeto packet. You know, yeah, right. and the Cheeto packet did in 17 minutes or whatever. Actually, it might have been quicker because I think it broke the world record at the time. So it must have been 15 minute or whatever for the Cheeto packet yeah, right. to make it. Yeah. And yet, most yeah. of the field was still going slower than the Cheeto packet that just floated along. It was like, <laughs> but yeah. that, that swim was yeah. often 12 to 13 minutes. You just dive in, go as deep as you can, and just go flying along the bottom, then pop yeah. up. And <laughs> it, it, I, I, 
it's it's kind of a shame because I'd done twenty k of swimming every week. <laughs> I really worked on my swimming as well, and I was actually swimming. I was actually swimming really well, yeah. and I had a really good swim. I was like, yeah. I was not, I was not far off the front, um, you know, and I was be, I was behind some, not very far behind some really good swimmers, and I, so I didn't really show it, which is a bit of a bit of a shame. Yeah, I'd really, well, really done so much swimming. We did thirty six minutes, mate. That's what yeah. was it? Averaging fifty six seconds per hundred or something? Yeah, something like that. Something silly. <laughs> I also I also think that the I don't know I feel like the the down current swims they they don't help the better swimmers as much as they help the poor swimmers. Oh, of course, I feel well, they, I feel it closes the gap. Of course, it does. You know what yeah, I mean? It yeah. just seems to close the gap yeah. a lot. I know it's obviously over a shorter time, but there seems to just be it seems to make the not so good swimmers a lot better and the good swimmers mm, mm. better, of course. But there's not as much difference. I, uh, well, just so, from my own personal observation of knowing people who did the race and seeing some swim times and stuff. It's everybody, quite, everybody, yeah. That, that, it actually does make sense though, doesn't it? It's like a, a down current swim, you know. And, and did you have to go through bridges and, you know, part, like were you dodging things? Because at that speed, you you probably got to be careful you don't swim into something. Yeah, it wasn't like you were a speedboat, but yeah, it was. Um, <laughs> you had to go through, um, yeah, you had to go into bridges and stuff, but it wasn't, yeah, I can't remember. I mean, I do remember things going by, like going past a boy. You know, you used to swim past a boy, and it was they were going by. <laughs> yeah, the reason normal. I ask is we we did this race this um, Paris World Cup in um, was it ninety six or something, and uh, I love actually for the Paris Olympics. Oh, we're we're cleaning up the River Seine, and nobody's swimming it for two hundred years or whatever. It's like well, we did in ninety six, and I remember they it was only meant to be a sprint. World Cup. It was seven fifty swim, but they, because the water was running so fast, they took us two kilometers upstream. <laughs> and and, <laughs> two the, and the, bri- the bridges were going like you had to be, you had to swim head up most because we, we were going so fast. Yeah, in right. this brown murky water with dead fish everywhere, and and there was I remember oh, no. even the dead dog on the side of the river. I was running with Chris McCormack and Jason Meadows in warm up, and we saw this dead dog on the side of the river, we're like ah, and dead fish. So, mate, it was awful, but. I remember just having to dodge these pylons of the bridges. Yeah, wow. we, were, we were moving so fast. Um, crazy, crazy feeling. But anyway, mate, you get out of the swim. You, you have a decent run to transition. Um, you're in a good position too, right? Did they? Was it a staggered start? How did they start you all? Was it one off at it's a time? Those, it was one of those age group rolling starts. Yeah, the roll. They're doing yeah. that everywhere, right? I'm not a huge yeah. fan. I don't. I don't love that. But no, I don't like it either. I mean, New Zealand's the only mass start race left, I think, now. Oh, that's um, sad. Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, it's not like the good old days. But, yeah, I mean, I was quite nervous about that because I was worried that I'd, I wouldn't get to the front, you know, and yeah. if you, you know, but I managed, I managed to be first on the line, so that was that was pretty good. Oh, so you led from start to finish. You didn't have to worry about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But why did so. the time when I was looking at the clock at, and you were running to the finish, it had 7.57 or 7.58 or something and you went at yeah, 7.56? Be, yeah, because I think they, cause they had some um, para-athletes in before us. Oh, okay. Uh, they started off just before and I think um, that's when the, that clock started when, when, it was when, they, when they started. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. Um, yeah. But, mate, you know, you, you've, you've gone and had a pretty fantastic bike too. I mean, a four twenty three. I think you went. Was that right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. was that on track? Was that something you? Yeah. You, yeah. It's the highest highest power ever averaged for an Ironman. Yeah. I what did you average? Two hundred and seventy seven. Nice. And how tall and how big are you? It's um one eighty five, seventy three, seventy four, um kilos. Okay. Yeah, that's so, good. 
That's solid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's solid. I mean, it's it's not. I'm no. Um, I'm no Greg Bennett, but hey. No, oh, t- please shut up, mate. I've never done. <laughs> I've, never, I've never come close to any of these Iron Man times. I I, I like to stick at the hour forty five <laughs> events, but yeah. um, you know, no, it really is impressive to be able to hold that. And then to get off the bike, how were you feeling when you got off that bike with it with such an yeah, impressive? I mean, I was I, I felt good on the bike. I, I mean, mm. I think, as I always say, the the trick to a good Ironman is you've got to always feel like you're holding back a little bit. And mm. you know, I was on the first lap. The first lap, um, there was um, there's a guy from a, a local guy, Everyman Jack, called um, Sean Mahoney, who was who was up the road, and and he was. Apparently, I, was, I know um, one of the guys that I used to coach was talking to me about and about him, and he was an ex-collegiate swimmer. Is a swimming background. He got a pan pan games, a gold medalist in the pan games okay. in swimming or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. So he's obviously a good good swimmer. Um, so he was thirty seconds up when I came out of transition, and then I could see him see him up the road, and I didn't, you know, you don't know who these people are, and I was like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll catch him in, in a minute, and I kind of sat in my own power, and um, and he wasn't really coming back to me, and I was like, hmm. He's not. He's not coming back. That's 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 interesting. So I, I just made a decision to kind of um, to go for it. For I did like three hundred and thirty to three hundred and forty watts for eight minutes. Mm, um, wow! Just to just to close the gap. So I, then I, I closed it, and I basically caught him just before the turnaround, and then and then um, then we went. Then we basically I went past him and I said, "Hey, let's do you know, let's do ten minutes on the front each, yeah, you know, yeah, obviously, nice. yeah, keeping you know, sharing the workload, keeping obviously still makes a difference at twelve meters, right? Of course, um, oh, just so just we the, the the mental relaxation to know yeah, somebody exactly. else's. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. And I think we both I think we both appreciated that. Um, but then on the second lap, like on the way out, it goes it got a lot windier. It was much much more windy and. And then, and then Sean left me on the front for a little bit longer, and I was yeah. like, hmm, maybe mm. he's struggling a little bit now. So, um, so then on the way back, I just put in a little bit of a, like about forty k to go. I I put in a little bit of a spurt, and I went up to like three hundred and twenty watts for a, for a minute or two, and then yeah, and then and then that was that. And then I was on my own after that. Mm. So, oh, it was nice um, to have that buddy though. I like that. Yeah, like you guys. Yeah, it's really good. I mean, yeah. I think we, we. It's just it's just a long way, right? Oh, so it was. Yeah. We yeah. both really appreciated that. It was nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I, I came in. I think I had two minutes. Two minutes on the next place coming into transition into the transition, and um, yeah. And then I just I got got into my pace really. And I still that's you know, I very to- close. There's a lot of guys that are swimming and biking really well. Like you only yeah. had a two minute lead. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Uh, yeah. So I think I think it was about two minutes. Yeah. And then, yeah. Um, and there was there was another guy from Canada who he had the fastest bike the other day who was with with Sean. Mm. I can't remember his name, so I, if he's listening to this, I apologize. Um, but he was really strong. He was a um, really good biker, um, good swim biker. And then um, yeah, so then I got onto the run, and you know I because I, I, Chelsea was actually there watching. Oh, and, good um, on her! She came yeah, and watched the so coach. I love it. Yeah, yeah, she was awesome. So she was on the bike for bits of it, watching and, yeah. and supporting, which was which was really really cool. You know, I was thinking, Jesus is this is a pretty good, this is pretty cool having the, yeah. the champ, the champ following me. And I, and, I, and I went past her and I said, um, what time do I have to run to break eight hours? And she said, um, and she said, I'll get back to you. Let me do some maths. <laughs> so she, so she, so she, um, she goes away, does some calculations, and she sees me next, and she says, you got to run a two fifty. So I was like, all right, okay. So, you know, and then I basically, yeah, I got to work and um, I had this, 
I always knew I wanted to hold back until about 10 K to go. And then if I had anything less than the last 10 K, I would uh-huh. give it a good nudge. Mm. Um, so I ran and I was trying to run three fifty fives. I held it pretty well. There was a, there was a bit in the middle where I, I lost it a little bit. I had to stop to go to the toilet once. And I also had to stop to get a, a stone out of my shoe under my toe, which was killing me. I just couldn't take it anymore. Oh yeah, yeah, out. yeah. There's always um, something. There's always something. I don't know anybody who just runs a straight forty-two k run off the bike. Yeah, There's always so, yeah. so I had to stop a couple of times, which was a uh, which was which slowed it down. And the rain, the rain got it got really slippy underfoot, um, oh. particularly when you, you had to run under some bridges. Yep. Um, when it was and like the the paths were flooded and. Yeah, so that that wasn't ideal, but yeah, I got to um, thankfully the last ten k it stopped raining as well, and then got to ten k to go, and I, and I said, right, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go for it here. So um, yeah, I stepped on it. I mean, I remember ran I ran a two a three forty six for one of the like about nice right on six minute mile pace for our american friends uh is yeah it yeah 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 so yeah, yeah. you know in the, in the last ten k, which is pretty yeah, good. My, yeah. My last ten k was my fastest ten k. Well done. So, well, you held them all around that 39 minute, right? Didn't, you know, that was around yeah, exactly. 39 to 40. Yeah, exactly. My last one was 39.05, which was a little bit quicker. Nice. Um, and a 248.48 marathon. Yeah, exactly. But the um, the actual 42.2 was, a, <laughs> I, think was a, I think it was a 246.56. Oh, that's so. awesome. I never know with these, um, you know, the Garmin's or whatever you're doing for measuring. It's like uh, I always used to race the beta breakers in San Francisco. Yeah. Really cool, you know, I think it's seven miles or 12K, whatever it is. And uh, I remember knowing, you know, if I wanted to run sub three minute K pace, you know, it was kind of my goal, break 36 minutes kind of thing or whatever. And I remember (laughs) running down towards the beach and then on making, turning left and hopping onto the final sprint and hearing my watch go beep. I was like, what? It's 12K already? And because I still had another, you know, 200 meters or whatever, 100 meters to the finish. And I never knew if it was, if, I mean, you know more, you're in this space, but yeah, I think, how, how I accurate think, are I mean, they? They're pretty accurate now, those, the GPSs and watches, especially but, when yeah. you have, when you have multiple people all reading multiply or all, all reading long as well. You know, yeah. 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 But it's interesting. So, uh, well, I'm sorry to hear that, it, you know, you would have seen it go 42.2. So what did you run the 42.2 in for everybody listening? It was four, it was two forty six fifty six. Oh, that sounds so much better than two forty eight forty eight. That sounds so much faster, doesn't it? I know. I know. It's like two forty eight forty eight means you've slipped over the four minute K's. Kind of feel like it's like, well, maybe it's yeah. not. Maybe it's still right. It's on. not. It's still. It's still under. Yeah, it's still under. It's, 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 yeah. Great. Give like me it. Good. Give me it. You bastard! I had to do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, mate, yeah. I, I, I huge congrats. What was it like, sort of running down the finishing line? I saw you did the whole yarn Fredino yell at the cameras hold the tape thing was that planned what were you thinking as you ran down the I don't know. it just came, it just came out maybe i just seen yan do it too many times that was my natural reaction <laughs> <laughs> but was the crowd good and was it a great feeling everything yeah, else it was, yeah it was really it was really good i mean the it's a great event for anyone who who's mm. considering an ironman obviously you know it's a definitely a good time to get a fast a good course to get a fast time but it's a great great event and one of the one of the highlights for me was um so you basically you run along the river for the first part the most of the race but then when you um but the last bit they take they, they move you into the city and you run through the city oh. um downtown sacramento for the very last bit and then you you finish in front of the um in front of one of the the parliament or whatever the buildings yeah. the yeah. town hall or whatever it is yeah town hall yeah. something like that yeah, yeah. yeah. which is pretty 
which is pretty cool. And, you know, it's the, so they've closed the roads in Sacramento. It's a Sunday and I'm running down the middle of downtown Sacramento. No one around on my own. I had Aaron, my one of my assistant coaches at Endure IQ and Chelsea on the bikes, just like teetering behind. Yeah. And two, two police escorts either side of me. Yeah. And I'm running through the, the town center. And I was, and I just, I uh, thought, wow, this is, this is pretty freaking cool. Yeah. Know, this is a not this this is a once in a lifetime thing that's going to happen and and I, oh, I mate, that was, I'm happy. I really for remember you. it. That's, yeah. that's really great. I, I I know the feeling and just to have that moment is super special. I'm looking at the photo of you right now of you holding the finishing tape and screaming at us and it, it looks very Jan Fredino esque. <laughs> <laughs> I was wearing socks, so you know I thought it was only appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, mate. And so since, since um, you know, doing such a spectacular time, were you ready for, you know, the, the reaction from the triathlon world? Um, you know, uh, uh, there's been a lot of talk whether you're prepared to go to slow twitch or listen to the fanfare. Were you surprised at the reaction? Um, yeah, I was, I was a, little, a little bit surprised. I mean, I, f- I feel... I mean, I, I don't really go on slow twitch. I, I, you know, I don't really go. It's more. It's a bit of a gossip column, right? Um, yeah, yeah. I, but I did. Someone I got forwarded it from one of the athletes that I coach, and he says, "You, you might want to read this and make a comment." I was like, "There's no way I'm going to make a comment." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, right. Um, you know, I've got. I have better things to do with my time. Yeah, but um, but the yeah, I mean, it, it's it does it did it did surprise me. Particularly as, you know, that's going to be my last race, right? I'm not racing again anymore. Mm, and mm. particularly around some of the comments of me me being a pro and the assumptions of uh, people know your life when they, you know, no one really knows your life really apart from yeah. the people who you live with and are close to you. And um, yeah, I mean, I have, I work for a university, I work for the Olympic program, I work, oh, I have mate, my own business. Oh, mate, listen, so, everybody go back and to listen to all the podcasts we've done over the last, you know, four years together. Um, yeah. it's, it's very rarely been about you. You know, our conversations yeah. have always been about, okay, the America's Cup crew or Chelsea Sedaro or working with Javier Gomez or... Terenza Bazzoni and what should we do for sauna and ice bath? It was, it's always been very much we're looking at sports physiology and the work yeah. you're doing. I, um, I almost sarcastically put up, I mean, I, I was looking at my publications from 2023, which has been, you know, quite a lot of publications we've had. Yeah. I almost put it up on Instagram and I just put them all in one page and I was going to say um, in 2023 I took a bit of time off my professional triathlon career to write these publications. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> well, that's just it. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, the, the debate starts to become, well, what's a pro? pro? And, yeah. you know, you've raced some pros. You went to Challenge Roth and you saw some of the best in the world do what they need to get done to win. There's still a quite a gap you know, from your performances are outstanding as they are for someone with two kids, running a full-time business, working for a university, blah, 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 coaching a whole bunch of athletes to uh, Magnus Ditlev laying down a 724. Um, and don't get me wrong, there's probably some B and C grade pros that, yeah, could race age group and blah, blah, blah. But if we're talking about racing the best in the world, the professionals are it's still quite a leap. It's still a bit of a yeah. leap, you know. I mean, it's it's a it's a massive leap. In yeah. fact, it's yeah. like 
It's, it's, it's absolutely huge. I mean, there's, I mean, I would have come away from Roth with, if I had a race professionally at Roth, for example, I'd have come away with zero money. <laughs> zero. Zero. <laughs> yes. but, you know. Well. And, and don't forget, like, let's just take, it's not called an elite race. It's called a professional race. And where, where does that word professional come from? It means, it comes from the word profession. Yes. You know, yeah. it, it, it's your profession to do racing and this is how you 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 make all your money yeah, you know yeah, and, yeah. and and I, I you know i have a mortgage i have kids it is irresponsible of me to think that i'm going to be you know full time and of course there's probably a lot of people who um there's a lot of professionals who have to work at the same time but the you know i think if i was um if i'd continued to race age group since kona 2000 to, to 2018 and and clean up it would be a different story yeah you know? it's, it's, it's time to actually yeah go go step up and give the yeah, it's, it's a different story, but right. i hadn't raced in, i haven't no. raced at all since 2018 and the first race i did was you know an eight an 850 you know yeah. 25 you know 20 20 minutes 25 minutes slower than um than i had done in 2018 so why you know and then and then why would I why would I tra- why would I turn professional for theoretically one race? You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's very. Yeah. It, was, it was a funny. It was a funny way that uh, the triathlon community took it. I took it as simply, you go, mate. Well, you're a mate of mine, anyway. I also know that you're somebody that is well versed in the conversation of how to prepare for an Ironman. At the end mm. of the day, if you look at your talent pool that you've worked with, you know, Jan van Berkel, what you do with Jan, who I've got on the podcast coming up in a few weeks, actually, it'd be great. Um, yeah, that's great. Yeah. But, but, you know, Jan had some talent, some. But what he was able to do through, I think he worked with you almost 10 years, didn't he? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the way yeah. that you worked on his metabolism and then you worked on his, his ability to run a marathon. And it's like you know how to make things happen. And what I'd be saying to anybody that's amazed at what Dan Plews was able to put together, get onto Enduro IQ and learn a little bit about what you're actually doing. If you want yeah. to get better, and look, don't get me wrong, I think you do have some natural ability. Jeez, you know, it's like um, you, you've loved the sport for a long time. It's like when I go for a run with Ed Baker. It's like Ed, my mate, my business partner at, at any question, um, he, phenomenal athlete phenomenal. I often say to him, oh, you could have been a professional triathlete instead of, you know, heading up, um, being the head of international growth for Facebook and then heading yeah, up yeah, Uber yeah. and everything. Oh, you could have been a professional triathlete. He's like, yeah, I think I made the right decision. I say, yes, you did. Um, but that's just it. There are some exceptional people out there that are still work elsewhere and then love the sport of triathlon. Like where are you meant to go? If you love the sport of triathlon and you want to do a race, Where's Dan Plews meant to go? <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, now, now I'm at the position where I actually have nowhere to go, which, you know, that's not the reason I'm not doing it anymore, but, you know, that is kind of part of it. Time for you, know, you to bulk have... up, mate. Put on some muscle. Well, that's exactly what I'm doing, actually. <laughs> I've, that's already, what I did. I've, already begun, I've already begun the process. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, and I'm actually, I'm actually really, I'm really enjoy, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, so, um, yeah, no, but, me you know, too. I, you know, I, know, I know for a fact that there's, you know, I coach a lot of age groupers who, who, you know, I, I'm, I'm the first to admit that I'm, I'm quite flexible in my time. You know, yeah, like I, yeah. I can, I can. It's not like I have to be in an office from nine till five. No, um, but I do have a lot of work to do. But the good thing is, I can, 
do that work as and when I want it. Yeah, but, you're running your own business. You're running yeah, your own. Your got, life. I'm, not yeah. the, I'm not the only age grouper in the world to have that level of flexibility. And I'm, you know, and I know a lot of, I mean, I coach a lot of these age groupers who do just as much training, if not more training than, um, than I do. Right. Yeah, but yeah. the difference is, is that, you know, when you, I, I had the spotlight put on me for it. So. Yeah. But I think you also did it with intent. And that's a word that I love to throw around because Laura and I always say, you know, you can go out training and prepare for a race, blah, blah, blah. And it's that intentional behavior. You went and knowing with Kate by your side saying, look, just turned 40. I, I've read this book, Die With Zero. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm going to give this one really good crack. And you gave Roth a crack, but your build up sucked. So then you, re- okay, one more crack and then I'm yeah, done. Exactly. And it was like when you live life like that and you do it with such intent, it's amazing what can happen than if you're just ticking boxes and go, well, I got next year and oh, I'll do better next year. It's like, no, yeah, I, this yeah. was, this was literally all or nothing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I that's why I love this. That. Was it. it was, it wasn't, it wasn't, there wasn't going to be another year of this. It, that, that was it. So, yeah, yeah. um, so yeah, it was, uh, well, yeah, well I mean, mate, you, you've, you've also stirred up a bit with, you know, um, the low carb approach. When, when I when I say um, the approach, you know, most of our conversations we've actually talked probably more about, you know, HRV and and hot cold therapy. To be honest, um, but every now and then, you know, we've talked about low carb. Yeah, I think you've written some things on that and and how to approach it. And I think we've even talked about you know, there's phases throughout your life and your career where you might be more low carb, you might be more high carb. Blah 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 blah. But I think the one that really got everybody, you know, their panties in a twist a little bit was um, saying you only had one gel on the run. Which I didn't actually say, by the way. <laughs> well, that's, that's, a, that's a small segment that everybody picked up on. I said, I said I had one gel on the run and then just the aid from the aid stations. Right, right. So you'd actually, you actually carried one of your own, but there was tons of other stuff you were taking, right? No, so no. So I, I didn't take anything. I didn't take any gels of my own. I took one gel, but then I drank the fluids at the aid stations. Right, right. So you're still, so, you're still getting plenty of carbohydrates. I was still getting, I was still getting stuff in, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But it, it wasn't, I wouldn't say it was, I still think it was a minimal amount. I mean, like, um, yes, but you've also been working on your metabolism for years. You and, know? and also I was taking 60, 50 to 60 grams an hour on the bike as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. You so know. you, that, and that's the thing, anybody that's been around the sport long knows if you can do most of your fueling on the bike, get off. You don't have, yes, there'll be a deficit on the run. Don't get me wrong. I'm not preaching. Nobody take anything, but it's less of a, I need to get everything I need to get in on the run. If you can do such a good job on the bike. And that's always been the approach I take. Like, you know, I have a a fat oxidation up to 1.5 grams a minute. My fat max is at at 280 watts. So on the bike, I'm burning predominantly fats as a fuel, even at 280 watts. Wow. So so even so, I'm like literally. If I'm taking sixty grams per hour or fifty to sixty grams per hour, then I'm not really I'm not really deplenishing my endogenous yeah, carbohydrate yeah. so much. So I'm actually getting onto that run pretty topped up, which allows me then to not really worry about what I need to take on. Really, you know, I took I took on one gel, and who knows? Maybe I could have done with less. I didn't feel like I needed it, but I just took it at like around the fifteen k mark, and then. The rest of the time, I was just grabbing fluids, and the main reason I was grabbing fluids was more from a hydration standpoint. And 
you know what it's like. You know, you're running at 355, 350 minute K pace, running through an aid station. Oh, yeah. You grab cups are going everywhere. Cups are going everywhere. <laughs> you, you grab a cup, it's got like a thimble, yeah. a thimble of Coke or something at the bottom. Yeah. Half the time, and honestly, I was getting to all these aid stations first. And on, on, on many occasions, they're not I even ready to, for you, right? They're not even ready for you. Do you ever have that? They were ready for me because they were filming me with their phones. <laughs> and they all stood there holding their phones, filming me, and not holding out any fluids. And I, I missed a lot of them. I, I remember I remember racing, oh, which one was it? I can't remember. I won't point out the name because it's not fair. But I remember running through and every aid station was still setting up and yeah, having, yeah. having somebody, you know, one of the volunteers running after me with a two-liter bottle of Coke, you know, hey, have this. I'm like, yeah, I'm drink I it as I'm running past. So, so, yeah, so, and also, like, the first, I needed the toilet so much at the start of the run that I couldn't bear to drink anything, you know? Oh, yeah, <laughs> you yeah, need yeah, the toilet yeah, no yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was hoping it was going to go, but it, it didn't go in the end and I had to stop. So, so, so look, with this metabolizing that you've been working on and 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 if somebody was to work with you at Enduro IQ and you get them tested, how is it very individual at how long somebody can become a little bit more, you know, fat adaptive? Um, are some people better at it than others? Like when, when I, I feel like you've been labeled the low carb guy and I don't know that that's necessarily accurate. Um, I think it's more about trying to get as efficient you can with the macronutrients that you, you as an individual need, but what have you seen, you know, that comes across your table of how people are able to adjust the way their metabolism works? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right. I have been labeled the, the low carb <laughs> guy and it's, yeah, it's, it's quite interesting. I mean, I've got six, like I say, I've got 65 publications and I think like four of them are in, <laughs> are anything to do with nutrition yeah, yeah. and low carb. But yeah, this, it seems to be the thing that um, yeah. I'm most well known for and people grab onto. But at the end of the day, it's, um, uh, you know, if you look at the sport of Ironman, it is, it is, uh, it is a position of energy availability. It is a position mm-hmm. of preserve of preserving your endogenous carbohydrate stores and you know and you i test people but i'm really test people when i coach them to see where they're at and actually see if it's an area that we need to really pay attention to um so like for like for example um when i started coaching aaron royal he's someone who has a really good fat metabolism naturally so we've never really even had to consider it He's also not done an Ironman, so you know we don't really even look at metabolism at all, or, mm-hmm. or think about any type of manipulation. But for some athletes, you know, if, you, if you've got um, if you've got a really weak fat metabolism, and you're, and particularly if you're intolerant to taking high amounts of carbohydrates, or you don't want to take high amounts of carbohydrates, which I think, you know, you got to you also have to consider from a health perspective is that do you really want to be basically chewing on sugar all the time when you're going out training? Mm. Um, it's a, it's an important consideration and, and you don't have to, I mean, there's so many different approaches you can take. You can do a, you know, a lower carb approach. Like we, like we have the course in LDT 101 and Endure IQ, which is, mm-hmm. you know, it's basically low carb performance, which is the approach that I've, I take myself personally. Um, you know, it's what I did before Kona. It's what I've done since 2012, um, lower carb, not ketogenic. And there's a lot of nuances with the manipulation of how much carbs and when you're taking those carbohydrates um, and ha- how that fits around training. Like the devil is definitely in the detail. Mm, there's a lot more also- education, a lot more education that people need rather than just 
grabbing one tiny quote and then running with it. You know, it really is important yeah. that individuals educate themselves as much as possible, right? Yeah, but it's it's like yeah, it's not and it's not like I just I just I mean I just don't want people to think that high carb is the answer for everything because I, it's just not you know and I don't think it's necessarily a um, it's great it's a great um, you know we're pushing up to 120 grams now we're seeing things at 140 grams per hour and it's you know one is it's it's great to line the pockets of the sports nutrition industry you know of course they're saying oh I'll take more and more and more but unfortunately I'm actually writing a paper at the moment um, we're doing a, a review on carbohydrate intake. 2,000 papers we're going through, Greg, because, you know, we really want to get to the bottom of, is there really any evidence for ingesting such high rates? And and the reason we're doing it is because the, the meta-analysis and the research will actually likely show it's not. So we'll, we'll see. Watch this space. We're working on that paper. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting one, mate. I, I, you know, we're seeing performances with some of the top pros that are all, you know, <clears throat> crushing, like you said, well over 100 and, uh and then it's working for them, right? But it, it's, it's, I think the discussion comes about firstly, understanding the individual, knowing who you yeah. are is really important. So go do your testing, you know, and an individual, go work with Dan, go get some tests done, <laughs> sign up for Enduro IQ and educate yourself, you know, and, and I think that's all I want to kind of say on, on the matter, to be honest, because I find it, you know, we, like you said, you, you have somebody preaching, okay, take so much of this and so much of that. It's like, talk to the individual. You know, it's very- yeah, and, I, and I also, I don't think, you know, we can't compare ourselves to these top elites because by default, their metabolism works differently to the average age group. Yeah, and very, well, that's it, right? They're, they're, they're working very, at, yeah, at a much higher percentage of their VO2 and they're, yeah, tracking. And also their, their overall calorie output just in an hour is so much higher because they're doing so much more power or so much, yeah. you know, that, yeah. you know they should that, but but and also the other the other side of that you know talks about that low carb approach. I do think there's a lot to be said like for just this. What you know you know I'm part of S Fuels and um, you know I'm on the technical I'm a technical advisor on for S Fuels and you know we have this right fuel right time approach which is which is really it's getting the most out of your training all the time. So it doesn't mean that when you're doing your long endurance rides you, you're having to take like sugary carbs all the time we've got options for more of a fat-based fuel and then we have a high carb product for more of your higher intensity work and racing and and, and this is why i think for me like personally with with what i've achieved as an age grouper this approach has really made the difference for me because when you're dealing with you know 20 hours of training a week and you want to really perform you have to manipulate um, macronutrients to get the most out of every training session. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I like that. that. And yeah. that's what, and that's what you can do with the right fuel, right time approach, you know, and yeah. it, you get so much more bang for your book with every training session. Mm. Um, if you're, if you're smart with the way you do it and it's just generally better for your overall health and well being anyway. Yeah. I like that. And then you're looking at your whole season and everything else. I think, I think that's also the approach to have, you know, to be sort of mapping out how, when you want to be fueling certain, when you want to be fat metabolizing, all of that. Well, mate, I want to, I want to, I'm conscious of your time. I know Kate needs from eight o'clock onwards. We've got <laughs> a couple of minutes left. Javier Gomez, what's going on with him? He's uh, the captain, huh? Yeah, the captain. The captain. He's coming back the to captain. do a couple of races. What's he? I spoke, spoke to him. I spoke to him. Um, spoke to him yesterday, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's going. He's going really good. And um, honestly, 
I am over the moon that the man the man is back. So oh, man, uh, I feel like he's been in the wilderness for a little while. Oh man, it's been a very tough tough period of time. Yeah, yeah. But he's been resilient, and we we've both you know we've searched through, and you know he's had a couple of races, local races. So. Um, yeah. And yeah, he's um, he'll hopefully you know we can keep him keep him injury free, and we're working with you know we're working on a few things to make sure that is the case, and and yeah, he's going to be back. He's back racing and he's doing Muscle Bay, um, the Ironman in South Africa in a couple of weeks. Uh. So he's, got, he's got this week. He's got he's got had a big training week this week. Next week he's got like an easy week, and then finished off with a hard week, bit of a taper. Well, he's one of the best men I know. He's such a yeah. legend. Heavy, go crush him, mate. We we need we need it. We he need is, He is so good, so talented, mate. I I have trained and raced with the guy forever, and I honestly, the ability of the man is unbelievable, <clears throat> unbelievable. I'll never forget um, doing a long run with him on a Sunday morning. I think there was Matthias Hecht and a few of us. And, and I was pretty fit at the time. I think I was running my two-hour long run around, you know, that 335 to 340K pace. And, you know, we, I would run 32K or 20 miles. And Javier hadn't been doing that much training and came, he joined me for 20K or whatever and, and then added another 5K on his own. And, and then we went to the pool and I was just doing a loosen off, whatever, one or 2K swim, you know. And I, we were standing on pool deck, myself, Laura, Matthias, a couple of others, and Javier's like, oh, I might just, I might just do a 1500. I'm like, okay, okay, well, we'll wait, you know. <laughs> and, and we started just watching his feet, you know, getting a clock on every time he flipped. I'm like, oh, he's just holding 105s, 106s <laughs> on a leisurely, on a leisurely 1500. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, he swims like a 1630 for just a, a quick little yeah. loosen up 1500 and then pops out. Oh yeah, yeah, he's not this well, but no, we've he's um yeah we he's we're hope, hopefully gonna he's gonna come back and have a good good year this year. It's gonna be a good summer here in New Zealand. Javi gets here just after Muscle Bay. He's gonna race um the seventy point three here. Oh, cool. Um, and then Chelsea's coming as well. So oh, fun! In, yeah, she'll be coming in the early early um Jan time. And you said you're coaching Aaron um, Royal as well. Yeah, Aaron's actually just arrived in Australia, so he just ah. messaged me. Like, literally, he's actually a message popped up as I was on the call to you from him, and he's um, he's just got to Aussie. Well, his missus, um, his so, missus just got knighted or what or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. MBE, amazing, eh? Royal, so, yeah, just I'm, met royalty. I'm, I'm, I'm going to make a point to catch up with Aaron. Yeah, sure when we're here. And what about um, whatever happened to Terenzo Bazone? You you're working with him, and then he just disappeared. Yeah, Terenzo. I mean, I still, I still see Terenzo a lot. He um, I love the guy. Where'd he go? We should try and get him on the show. Oh, it's been I mean, a long he, time. I had him on the show. I've had him on the show back in 2020, but I, I, yeah. I it's been a long time. I don't know. I mean, he, he just, he just. Um, I mean, the COVID situation being locked down, and yeah, yeah, he just he couldn't he couldn't race anymore, and yeah, yeah it just, just shut his career down. Yeah, so, COVID so almost got rid of a whole generation in one go. It was like okay. Yeah. People like Jan hung on for a little bit to still show he's got it, but Jan Fredino, but um, yeah. Well, mate, I, yeah. this has been awesome. I, I, a couple more questions, real quick, before you go. I, just opinion pieces. Nice and Kono um, being on separate days, men and you know separate events, men and women. What are your whole thoughts on this? So, so I really think the women should have a separate day. I think Agreed. having men and women racing on the same course at the same time is a total mess. Mm. Like the men 
ruin you know the women catching the back end of the male pros and mm-hmm. you know it's just like the women don't get the as a result they don't get the um, publicity that they need it's still mainly men focused on the race day the coverage so i do think um the women should have a, a separate race or but i i would like to see them have a separate day just like the pto you know they yeah. have a separate yeah. but it's at the same place yes that's what I agree. that's what i would like to see personally I agree. so that every, everyone's in kona but it's on separate days. I know that's an impossible feat, but you know, if you no, talk to I agree. Before. I agree. I think what we had last year with Chelsea winning the day before, two days before, whatever it was, I think was, was perfect. And then the men, I, I'd even be prepared to say, look, Kona will come every second year, but we want to bring everybody every second year. Um, yeah. and then yeah. Nice, I'm happy to do Nice. I think it's a, it's a bit of an iconic place as well. So yeah, I, I think, I think that's good too, but I just think, I just don't think it's right to have, it all mixed into one. No, 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 no. I don't together. like the mixing either. I don't like the mixing, yeah. but I certainly want all men and women to be together in the sense of yeah. the sport and the community. Um, yeah, for sure. You know, it's how I met my wife, you know, men and women. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you, still, you still be single and alone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. And, okay, here's one for you. Who, who do you think is the greatest all-time triathlete, male and female? You got one? Mm. I have Simon Lessing coming on the show on Monday, by the way. And I, I oh, put really? him up in that top little echelon of a conversation. I do like him. But, you know, I was always more of a Spencer Smith fan, to be honest. Yeah, yeah fair enough. Uh, so, but it's funny, like, because me and my brother, me and my brother, we grew up in England at that time, right, doing triathlons. Yeah. And he was always a Lessing fan and I was always more of a, uh, a, of a classic fan, so, you know. <laughs> um, but, you know, I... I'm just a big fan of Jan Fredino generally. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> well, well you know why? Because he's so professional. He is. He, There's he kno- something about him. He's just the man. Well, he knows know. how to speak. He knows he's very, he's smart. He knows how to speak. He knows what to yeah. say. Uh, he can swim, he can bike and he can run. You can do all mm. three. He looks amazing. I mean, he's a six foot four, good looking guy. <laughs> it's like that yeah. doesn't hurt. Um, yeah. And uh, and then you look at his. He had a target on his back for a better part of a decade, and yeah. he, he defended it. Um, yeah. So I, I struggle to I struggle to go past that. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then the women's side, I, I can't. I mean, I mean, Daniela obviously springs to mind. Um, yeah, yeah, she's phenomenal. She's one more, but she's not. She's just not done anything in that short course space, right? Well, so. she, that race she won in in the WTS she won in Seoul, Korea. Was it Seoul? Right. Yeah, Seoul was one of the most outstanding and best stacked women's field, and she won that in front of. You look at that result. That was. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. She didn't get an Olympic gold, and she didn't win a world championship in the short. But that, if you want to look at her short course ability, it was still phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's still it's still phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that, that that's to me is more more of a tricky one, really. Yeah. I mean, but everyone talks about the, you know, the the greatest of all time in in the men, and it's not so much. You know, it's always like, is it Christian? Is it you know? Is it Jan? Is it? Oh, it's not Christian. Please, I'll put that out there right now. Look, I like I like Christian, but we're not doing that. He doesn't he doesn't go in my top five yet. I'm sorry. Oh really? No, no. I mean, I mean Javier, Javier. You got to put Javier in there. there. Alistair Brownlee, Mark Allen. I'd put Simon yeah. Lessing in front of Christian still. Um, really? Yeah. There you go. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, Javier's won won a, I mean, he's won more, more world titles than all of them. I think. Well, listen to what Lessing's won. I'm doing notes on him right now because he's coming on the show on Monday. So he won the 92, 95, 96, 98 World Championships. He's run a yeah. sub-29 on the track before Fast Shoes, by the way. Um, yeah. he, I think he won uh, Nice Long Course a bunch of times. 
the the French Grand Prix, he just crushed forever. Um, nobody could come close to him. Yeah, like, yeah. And he's taking on guys like Spencer Smith, Brad Bevan, Walshie, all of those. Um, he won all the super sprint stuff like in Koblenz. I think he did win an Ironman. He, he touched on Ironman late in his career. I think he won Lake yeah, Placid or something. He won Lake Placid, I think, yeah. Yeah. yeah I think he Mate, Placid, yeah. I remember having to race this guy bloody throughout the 90s and early noughties. I'm telling you, <laughs> pure dominance. And yeah, then he's a man. Yeah. I remember I was at, um, in 1998, I was at Lausanne, yeah. the race. Yeah. And I just remember, I mean, I was just like, whoa. Yeah, mate, the, guy, the guy was untouchable. The guy was untouchable. Was- I, I always remember, you remember, because obviously he was around when, when racing went from drafting to no, non, yeah, yeah. from non-drafting to drafting. I remember him, an interview with him, and like Spencer Smith was like, oh, this has ruined the sport, it's terrible. And Jan, Simon just goes, well, he goes, I can win races either drafting or non-drafting. And he did. I don't care. <laughs> and, and, and he did. He was, a, he was phenomenally strong on the bike. Yeah. When I was a junior, he came on a Cyprus, he came on a training camp with us. And he, um, and he in Cyprus, and he used to just ride off the front and crush Mate, us all. <laughs> he, he, was a, he was a phenomenal ph- – I remember going, he's the guy I have to beat. And finally I started beating him, and probably once he just was tired of winning, to be honest, more than me beating him. <laughs> I always feel like there's this crossover section where it's like, yeah, the champ's just probably done. But, mate, he was I mean, the he guy. Won, he should have won more world titles because that world title we lost in, to Mon- in Montreal. He should have won 2000 Olympics, honestly. Whatever he yeah. did there, he screwed that up big time. Yeah. Um, but when Dimitri Gag beat him in Montreal, Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That wasn't a clean one, yeah. So he gets yeah. that one as well. So that's five world titles. Yeah, yeah, I put him and Javier are very similar. Javier's won more races than any of the top four people combined. The guy has right. won more races than you could ever imagine. Javier is uh, probably slightly ahead of Simon Lessing in my mind. Alistair's phenomenal for the aggressiveness of the racing and two Olympic golds with all the pressure that goes with it is just in, unbelievable. Mark yeah. Allen, because he did everything. Um, but Christian, I just, you know, he's probably moved into my top 10, which is nice, but no, please. There you go. Am I causing a stir by saying that? No, surely not. No, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. Not to me at least. <laughs> I got to let you go, buddy. Uh, <laughs> mate, I do have a whole millions of other questions and rapid fires and everything, but I, I do want to be, con- you know, Kate is sitting there with the car keys yeah, in hand going, hey. Had the front door go. Maybe she's just walked out. <laughs> <laughs> well, mate, I thoroughly enjoy our chats. The next time I have you on, we'll probably well, let's dig back into the science of things. But this one was more just I really wanted to have you on and just celebrate, you know, your year and, and everything you do for the sport. It's not just about you. Um, you know, Endure IQ is a great platform. I get all the emails. You're always sharing ideas and you know, it, it really, you're doing fantastic work for the whole sport and um, truly appreciate you, mate. I really enjoy our well, chats. Thanks very much, Rick. And it's always the yeah. uh, same goes to you. Uh, you know, doing these podcasts is awesome for the sport and putting the information out there and giving someone some great content. So, um, yeah. Well, mate, well, good, we, mate, we've got to get our families together one of these days. Um, yeah. I think well, we'll go back to Noosa next you, Ed. <laughs> huh? We're just depending on you, Ed. Yeah, Ed, Ed mate, I'm glad we got to put that in minute four. People are still listening at minute four. Just <laughs> <laughs> a bit in the, in the back end. No, exactly. Nobody hears anything now. There's only a few people left going, oh, God, they're still rabbiting on. All right. <laughs> cool. All right, man. All, all right, buddy. Yeah, stay on the line. Down. And everybody, find, you can find all the details at bennettendurance.com for 
forward slash media. All right, stay on the line, buddy. Cheers. Cheers. Bye-bye.